live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley, as always. This is being recorded on March 4th to hit the internets on March 5th, meaning when you listen to this, we will be 10 days away from Selection Sunday and 32 days away from opening day of Major League Baseball. How's everyone doing? I'm very tired. I'm very pissed off. We'll start with the tired. I stayed up last night watching the University in Kentucky to see if they could continue their perfection, be undefeated against the University of Georgia. I don't know why I stay up for these sorts of games. It's like watching the Heat in their heyday. They would start off making you think they're going to lose when basically they turn on the Jets, come back, and win the game, which is exactly what happened last night. Kentucky played with their emotions, played with the viewers' emotions, and made me stay up very late, and I'm tired because of that. Pissed off. I'm just tired. It's one of those days. And if anyone knows, if you've lived in the East Coast or anywhere where there's snow and cold weather, there are those certain days that just get to you. And one of one of those days is today for me. <sighs> there's there's just there's so much snow on the ground. It's not even the cold weather anymore. Today was actually nice. The snow was melting. I think that's what started to piss me off even more. In a cruel twist there, snow melting, making me angry. But that snow then became large puddles of brown water. And people just getting their cars stuck in that. Not even wet snow, fresh snow, but the melting snow, everything. People just parking wherever they want, making their own rules when winter comes. It's just one of those days where it really affected me. I just wanted to move to the tropics and just not think of precipitation in the form of snow. Hey, Brian, I thought we weren't doing a weather podcast anymore. (laughs) Well, my own worst enemy. What else can I say? Speaking of the University of Kentucky, we'll talk about them as the NCAA March Madness approaches. The only time anyone cares about college basketball because it is a dying sport and... It has the shortest regular season, but we all pretend to care and know about college basketball in the month of March. It's Election Sunday, like I said earlier, March 15th. We get to know what's going to happen, who will play who, where they'll play them, when. The Ides of March, and I'm calling it now that every sports writer and every analyst will be using that phrase because they think it's just so hysterical because the University of Kentucky is by far the best team, so no one will be in their bracket. So you'll get to hear announcers say, Oh, well, it's two, three, and four seeds. They better watch out. (laughs) It's of March. Beware. So I'm calling those corny, lazy hacks right now. I'm calling it right now. So Enough of me calling stuff. We'll also talk about... uh, Baseball, not in full swing, but we got some actual uh, games played. We're doing spring training, you know, where they play before the season. And Florida and Arizona is a buzz. There's baseball news. There are scores. I'm not going to break down spring training scores. I'm not going to do that to you. There's a bunch of ties. I'm not going to do that. But there is a few things I want to talk about in the world of baseball that lets you know that this godforsaken winter will end sometime. It will. Eventually, even when opening day hits, that doesn't mean because we remember that Yankee opening day, I believe it was 96 or 98 in the middle of a snowstorm. So Mother Nature knows no knows no end, even when baseball comes about few little football things. Not much. Uh, 
and we'll touch on the the Kobe Bryant documentary that was on this week. I thought it was somewhat interesting. Just wanted to give a few thoughts on that. And we'll also talk about the tomfoolery going on in the Mets dugout because they're they're causing stir. They are beating the headlines only the way the Mets can. How about sack lunch? Not as good as Alex Rodriguez, but they're trying their best. So we'll start with uh, the NCAA real quick. Kentucky last night, they were down by, I believe, nine at one point in the University of Georgia, and you almost thought for a second if Georgia could actually hold them, that they could be they could be in the game, hold them down the stretch, but those guys are just too damn big. Towns and Quality Stein, they... they it's when they pivot. It's almost like they're pivoting over people. It, oh God, it, it's it's rough to watch. And even when you do double team on a guy, what they're great at is having a guard drive in, double team, and then they just throw an alley oop. It's it's when you have that much size, it's a science. And I think an underrated aspect about the University of Kentucky is they they consistently hit open threes. When you do that. You're you're gonna win when you have that sort of size, and you just have consistently hit open three pointers. You're gonna win every time. I don't know if anyone's gonna beat them. They're pretty damn good, but you never know. I, I think this this uh, March Madness outside of Kentucky, Duke's a good team, but I think there could be a lot of upsets this year. Oh wow, Brian, hot take. I get it, but. There could be a lot of upsets. I see a lot of big teams going down early because I think anyone can beat anyone this year. There's Kentucky, and then there's everyone else. And, oh, there's Duke, our, our friend Mike Krzyzewski, who they're still sorting it out, but I'm sure Duke will skate by. But the report that dismissed guard from about a month or two ago, Rashid Suleiman, the first ever in the 35-year history program at Mike Krzyzewski's lovely Blue Devils team. What the hell was that? Uh, was dismissed. And we find out that he had been accused twice of sexually assaulting females on the Duke campus. That's coming from their school newspaper. Now, no one ever filed a formal complaint. Supposedly, all, everything has been done correctly. All the coaches, all the administrators have done what they're supposed to do. We'll see. I mean, maybe I'm making a big deal about nothing. Maybe Duke did follow the rules. Maybe they did everything they were supposed to. But I'm sure if they didn't, they don't want to besmirch the name of the great Coach K. Refused to answer questions at a conference call, but I think that was some sort of legality involved in that, that he couldn't answer questions. Uh, speaking of being dismissed from the team, uh, last week, and this is another thing, you know, Chris Jones from the University of Louisville was actually dismissed a while ago, it seems like. I gotta start doing more than one podcast a week because I feel like this is almost ancient history in the world we live in right now. Our attention spans are so minute that Chris Jones may have being dismissed. From Louisville, seems like it was weeks ago, but obviously a guy who who had a lot of issues on the team. Patino, I, I think the order was he suspended him indefinitely. Two days later, brought him back. Then a day later, he was dismissed from the team. Now he had been accused. I'm not sure if this was actually known to the Louisville coaching staff, but he had been accused of. Let's get your words straight here, Brian. Speak with your words. Speak with your words. He'd been going out late a lot, breaking the curfew. And Patino said, listen, don't do it anymore. So after he was reinstated, played that one game, what does that idiot do? He's hanging by a thread. A thread at Louisville. And he goes out. 
And the, actually, that night is when some of the accusations occurred of him sexual of sexually assaulting females and forcible sodomy as well. So Chris Jones obviously is not the greatest guy in the world. And I like the picture. Well, there's nothing to like about the story, so let me take that back. But the picture that was painted, it was... Patino is at a restaurant because apparently he can't stay out of restaurants. He does not have a good history with restaurants, which I don't think he'd want to conduct your business there as he's conducted his business there in the past. And as a good Catholic man, as he claims to be, it didn't work out that well. But I'm imagining him sitting in that restaurant. Well, what did happen was Chris Jones came in, told him that he went out and uh, Patino looked up as if it was some sort of Godfather movie. I hope he was wearing the white suit and said, you're off the team. Nothing. You get nothing. So Chris Jones, gone from the team as well, from 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 Louisville. Uh, not a great team, anyways. Their guards are insanely wild. Watch a Louisville game. You, I don't know how Patino's getting through this season without a heart attack. That is rough to watch. Uh, their guards are just so schizophrenic. It's scary. But I don't really want to break down a lot of college basketball right now, as. We're going into the conference tournaments. Actually, well, we're not really actually. It's it's a later. It's later this year. Usually, the first round games or the second round, as the NCAA calls them, as now we have the play-in games, which really no one watches. They but they watch the last few minutes of it. But usually, those start around St. Patrick's Day, and this year on the fifteenth round, Selection Sunday. So the whole thing's pushed back about a week. It appears. But I'm not going to get into all of that until we have some brackets ready to go, raring, ready to go. So. I mean, it's hard to say to bet against Kentucky right now. They're, they really do make people look stupid. They really do. So, I don't know what else to say. Everyone look like they, they look like mere mortals. So, we'll see going forward if uh, that remains the same. Touching on, like I said, the sport of baseball. I, I've told you how I feel about it, 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 what it represents, not just a guy with a bat. And lots of pitching changes and lots of stepping out of the box. It represents spring, so we're all looking forward to that as we get forward. Uh, what I see, I'm tired. I'm sorry. Get forward. What? But another thing that happened, it seems like a while ago, a few of these things. Josh Hamilton, the Angels outfielder who has had a well-documented history of having substance abuse problems, appears to have had a relapse with some sort of cocaine issue. The details have still not been released to the public at this point, but he has met with the commissioner in New York to see, to face some sort of reprimand. Again, the story has died down a little bit since it was first reported last week, but it looks like he, he his, his, his handler or his mentor has even said that Josh doesn't belong in the game anymore. His addiction to certain substances are that strong. This is the same guy who for lost years of his career career battling addiction issues so you gotta think it's pretty serious i don't think the angels were really depending on him anyways he is a walking dl stint so too bad uh i wish him the best i see a lot of people on twitter saying pray for josh hamilton i i wonder if those same people when they walk down the street and see a homeless guy there who's an obvious drug addict who has an issue are praying for them probably not because Josh Hamilton can hit a baseball really far, and he can be in shampoo commercials, but I don't know. Sort of a double standard in my opinion, but I don't want to break down addiction because I am uh, not a doctor. 
Not a lot of people know that I'm not a doctor. But what else happened in baseball this week? We're also, uh, David Murphy came out with, this was just yesterday here in the New York media, made some comments about the Billy Bean, former baseball player who is gay, was sort of, I guess, uh, invited to the camp to be a guest instructor with the Mets. They need all the help they can get. And you know, David Murphy very nicely said, I, I respect everything he does. I respect him as a player. I can learn a lot from him. But my religion forbids me from accepting his gay lifestyle. Probably not the smartest thing to say. Uh, obviously, the internet chastised him. I'm not going to get into a religious or political debate here. I would just hope that he has an opinion. People don't have to like his opinion. Respect the opinion and move on. I don't know. Maybe that's too progressive for me. I, I tried. I tried not to get into it. Sorry. No, but I I think I think people just need to respect opinions and move on and not make a bigger deal out of them than what they really are. Yasiel Puig, Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder who has a flair for the dramatics, personal dramatics, says he will not stop celebrating this year. He will continue to do what he does, and he doesn't care. Now, it's very well known through a lot of the Latin players love celebrating, making the game a little more lively, which I'm all for. But I think what happens is Puig and a lot of other players in their celebration, actually, when you're showing up the other team, it's not funny anymore. And they're also the same players who, if you're going to celebrate, if you're going to dance, if you're going to have a good time like that when you make a great play, which, hey, I understand, you're happy. I get it. But if you're gonna, if you're going to do that, don't be mad when a 98-mile-an-hour fastball whizzes by your face. That's the part of the game. That's the way it is. Don't show up the other team, and don't don't act like you're not going to get repercussions. I remember that Dominican team in the... Uh, Yasiel Puig is Cuban, but that, that Dominican team a few years ago in the WBC, they were in the middle of a game. I mean, this wasn't celebrating. This wasn't after a home run. This wasn't in between innings. This was in the middle of a batter the entire team dancing and the dugout in one big dancing horde i mean i'm sorry that's unacceptable in my opinion you can't have that now they were pretty damn good and they won it handily so one could actually say maybe they they did deserve it they could dance they could have fun not my thing not my thing uh what else in yankee camp we had Alex Rodriguez, I know, even and I know I said I was A-rotted out. We've got to see him actually play, do things. Well, now he's playing. The whole team faced a, in their split squad a few days ago. They took on some, uh, yeah, split squad. There we go. Yeah, That's what it's called, Brian, so good job. Split squad, no pitchers were involved. The actual batting machine, pitching machine, they call him Iron Mike, uh, took a hold of the game and fired... Put a pretty good stat line against the Yankees, including guys like Alex Rodriguez, Stephen Drew, Chris Young. Chris Young, we'll get to that. And 0 for 10. 0 for 10 against the pitching machine. And Chris Young, the $7 million man that the Mets signed last year, who was so terrible that they said, see ya. See ya. And the Yankees actually picked up, struck out against the pitching machine. And then, ironically, in their first game yesterday against the Phillies, the first base hit for the New York Yankees in spring training, Chris Young. So he did redeem himself against the mechanical domination from Iron Mike. 
But the last thing I wanted to get to in baseball... Oh, and I'm sorry. Alex went one for two today. He said he was a little nervous. Uh, It's funny. Everyone says, let's keep making a big... This is so ridiculous. Everyone's making such a big deal about Alex Rodriguez, including the media. They say the same thing, yet what do they do? They make a big deal about Alex Rodriguez. Everything he does. Everything. So, contradiction reigns supreme as always. But the one thing I also wanted to get into with baseball this week was Rob Manfred. This is his first year as the Major League Baseball Commissioner, trying to make a splash with certain things, many of them speeding up the game. I think he wanted to make his mark. Bud Selig left. You know, I think his tenure as a commissioner is still up for debate. A lot of people look at it as the commissioner who looked the other way when steroids took over the game. He tried to justify his reign as commissioner by going after the steroid cheats hardcore, including Alex Rodriguez, thinking that would justify and appease the fans. Did it? I don't know. I guess it depends on who you ask. I I, I applaud him for going after people, but how shady was the entire... A- Listen, A-Rod's a cheater. He's, he's... I've said this before. He's a disgrace. He's a phony. He's a borderline sociopath. But... And he did cheat. There's no doubt about it, but... The way that MLB went after dealing with drug dealers, dealing with stolen evidence, it was a a quest to permanently stamp his legacy as some sort of crime fighter ridding the game of steroids, when we all know that's not true. Someone's going to get popped for steroids, and we know it's going to happen. It's going to be a big name. Who knows when it'll happen? It's probably going to be some sort of elephant tranquilizer, something we don't even know about, something they're not testing for, but it will happen. Um, well, how are they going to get it if they're not testing for it, Brian? Do you know what I mean? We'll find out. But the one thing, like I said, uh, Manfred's trying to speed up the game. And one of those uh, one of those implementations that will be tried, uh, you know, taking a look at uh, will be the batter that loves to step out of the batter's box, do their superstitious messing with the gloves and, uh, you know, whirly bird, twirly, spitting this cup, grab, all that. And David Ortiz is is one of them. Boston Red Sox designated hitter David Ortiz, Big Poppy, loves to step out of the box. Now, he was told about this. Because obviously David doesn't really pay attention to really what's going on in baseball. Why would he? It's only your life. Um, What's going on? But he had a few things to say about that when the... Beat writers told him exactly what Manfred had in store for batters, saying you had to keep one foot in the box the entire at-bat, or you will be fined. So, after the pitch, you got to stay in the box, basically? One foot. I call that bull****. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only a $500 fine. You think you just soon pay the money? Well, I might run out of money. <laughs> So this is the same David Ortiz who always has to complain about something. Now, he has a great rapport with the media, with the fans. He smiles. He says funny things. He's also the same guy who is constantly whining about his contract. It seems like an annual occurrence. Poppy will complain about his contract. It doesn't seem like he did it this year. I'm not exactly sure what his contract status is off the top of my head, but maybe he's locked in this year. So nothing to complain about. He's also the same guy that is obsessed with his stats to the point that he will complain to the press conference 
the press conference, the press box in the middle of the game about not scoring something a hit. The guy's obsessed with his stats, but he's a team guy. He's a team guy. Um, I I remember a few years ago when he busted in Terry Francona's Terry, Terry Francona's uh, after his post game press conference, as if he had the authority to just bust in and say, "Excuse me, uh, all you people trying to do your job, uh, I, Terry, you need to talk to the, the that score man, the scorekeeper, the score man." Brian, if you watched baseball before, the scorekeeper uh, that that was a hit. It's bullshit. That's bullshit. I, as a Yankee fan, I know I'm trained to hate David Ortiz as a baseball player. Let's keep this in perspective, people. I don't go around hating people I don't know. I mean, unless unless you're somebody really bad. Somebody really bad. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Somebody bad. Like Kim Kardashian. Bad person. But David is... Uh, the guy has the clutch gene. A lot of people debate if it even exists. He has it. He has it. But he is a royal pain in the ass. And I'm actually looking forward to the month. Because you know he's going to push it. He's going to push it. He's going to get in that batter's box. He's going to dig in. And after that first pitch, he is going to get out just to defy the umpire to see what happens. He's like a little kid pushing the envelope to see as far as he can get. And he's going to do it. And so the, the penalty is if you step out of the box with your full body, you will be fined. You'll be reminded, then find, find, find. And eventually it will be a suspension. Now, David, uh, I'm not sure if it's actually been explained in the sliding scale of how it happens. David thinks that if he continues to get fined, he'll run out of money, which is ha 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 hysterical. But whatever money he does get fined, and I can't take credit for this. I actually heard a caller, WFAN in New York, bring this up. He's just going to make some sort of stupid commercial about it and make all his money back in those fines. It's going to be some sort of dancing commercial. Or say, you know, some sort of yoga commercial, some sort of exercise commercial where he says something dumb or something cute. Like, you know, Poppy don't step for that. Poppy don't step for this. It's going to happen. I am the soothsayer. Remember I said that. Beware of the Ides of March. Beware of that happening. It will happen. Guarantee it. I'm also pissed off, too. I forgot to mention, I've lost seven fan duels in a row against my friend. Seven. Do you know how terrible that is every day waking up and fan... People don't know what FanDuel is. It's daily fantasy sports. You can bet money and play your friends, play anyone. I mean, I'm not losing money. It's not even the money. It's not... It's it's the waking up and looking at my phone and saying, unfortunately, you didn't win. It's terrible. I don't know. You gotta move on, Brian. Life is not that difficult. Just a quick few things in the NFL... The Des Bryant video, which sort of just fell off the face of the earth, that was basically supposed to change the way we think about life. Well, not really, but it was going to possibly put Des Bryant's career in jeopardy. The Dallas Cowboys wide receiver was—he looked pretty scared about it as well, as he kept saying he he put up some tweets saying that people are trying to extort from him in so many words. I don't have the tweets in front of me. Red ticket blues, uh, but. He looked a bit worried. He sounded worried and worried. And there was a police report from the alleged incident, which happened at a Walmart about four or five years ago, had three cars that were registered to Des Bryant, a Bentley, BMW, hang out at Walmart. I mean, this is a few months after he just got drafted to, and you, so you wonder why these guys go broke. But he's nowhere in the 
alleged police report other than it apparently a woman was dragged from a car to a car no one was arrested so i have a feeling people are trying to extort him they're trying to sell this video to to people get their money up front and then say here's the video we're making a quick dollar on it i don't think they got what they wanted or people were keen to their game and now this video has just gone away it was a big deal it's about to drop any second people on pins and needles waiting 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 never came out now no one cares Again, we care about things for two seconds, then they're gone. Just like the dress. I still don't get that. The dress, it, was, it looked gold and... Oh, you don't care about it. Okay, it looked gold and uh, silver, uh, white. Yeah, white and gold. But that, 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 that was... Oh God. I, I, I'm losing faith in humanity when, pe- when men are having this discussion. Did, did you see the dress? Did, did, did you see the dress? No, I didn't see the dress. God. Big trade... Yesterday, LaShawn McCoy was dealt to the Bills. It should be interesting to see uh, what Rex Ryan's trying to do there. He doesn't really personify exactly the running back that Rex Ryan is accustomed to having, but he has one shit, so maybe that's a good thing. And he also made a trade today to get Matt Castle, quarterback Matt Castle from the Minnesota Vikings. I'll tell you, Matt Castle has made a career of being below ordinary. I, he must wake up every day and thank God Tom Brady got hurt that day because that little showing of 11 wins with the New England Patriots has yeah, it's made him some money. It's made him a career. He seems like he's always battling for a spot. Many times not getting it, but here he is. I mean, and Rex obviously can't stop getting shitty quarterbacks. He just loves them. He eats them. It's slop. He loves the slop. But... Good for Rex, if that's that floats your boat. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, getting older, didn't have a great year last year, decrease in basically everything from 2013, yards per carry, yada, 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 you think of it. But I'm sure he still has some life left in him. So, well, I guess it's better than C.J. Spiller. I mean, definitely an upgrade. And not much else going on. I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul was franchised by the Giants. Demarius Thomas was franchised by the Broncos. Giants looking at Endomican Sue, which is not a... He does certainly doesn't seem like a Coughlin guy to me. But what the hell do I know? So that could be interesting. And just to show you, with the video, the video was a big deal. Des Bryant was going to lose all his money. He was going to be finished. He was franchised. So it's a great move by the Cowboys. Could franchise Bryant, sign Murray, keep that team intact because there's still a team to be reckoned with for the next two to three years, I think. Well, they still could be, but at least with the current team that they have in form right now with Romo, Manning QB. I want to talk uh, just very quickly about the documentary I saw last week. Uh, the Kobe Myant, Kobe, Kobe Myant, you wear him? Kobe Bryant documentary on Showtime, The Muse of Kobe Bryant. It's interesting. Uh, I've said before that I never really fully appreciated Kobe Bryant until now. I mean, he's still an arrogant guy. But he's a driven, arrogant guy, so you somewhat have respect for that. You have, you have, you have guys who are all about themselves, and they really don't care about winning, <laughs> Carmelo. But Kobe is a driven guy. He cares about winning. He cares about himself. But he is a driven human being, driven to do whatever he is going to do. He wants to do it. And in a world where we're seeing people do documentaries, Melo did a, that. Of that Carmelo character, the documentary about his free agency experience last year, as if no one had ever done it, because that was important. We needed that. We needed it. 
and you know Washington Redskin quarterback Robert Griffin III a documentary about his knee surgery we needed that it's good to see someone like Kobe Bryant who he many times he's in the spotlights his own doing be in a somewhat intimate documentary like that I mean he even blamed his wife's miscarriage on him because of the alleged well the sexual assault claim in Denver in Eagle Colorado years ago he blames the stress that he put on her and the miscarriage so I don't want to say what he did was admirable but at least admitting something like that in a documentary is admirable I mean yeah he wants our sympathy somewhat but it's, I, I would definitely recommend it. It's a good documentary to check out, whether you like Kobe or dislike him. I, I, th- I thought it, I thought it was worth the watch. And well, where are we at? We're at about twenty-eight minutes now, and there's one last thing I wanted to talk about because I mentioned those Mets before. The Mets lot yesterday. Now it's a big deal because this happened in front of reporters, but it's just so, you know, when something stupid happens, when something just. <laughs> That doesn't have anything to do with the game of baseball. Many times it has to do... In New York, when it doesn't have to do with baseball, when it is baseball-related, come on, Brian, one foot in front of the other. With the Yankees, it's Alex Rodriguez. With the Mets, shit, take your pick. And this week, it was about pitcher Noah Syndergaard, a youngin, deciding the spring training game, I'm not pitching. I'm going to go in the locker room, have some... uh, uh, in the clubhouse. Have a little lunch. Have a little lunch. Are this all your lunches? You mean you eat other people's lunches? Stop it! Now, now I have no idea if it was someone else's sandwich or if it was Noah's sandwich, but Captain, third baseman David Wright came in and said, Hey, no, we don't eat lunch on this team. Basically saying, Hey, there's a game to watch. Don't be a fool. Don't be a jackass and sit down here and exclude yourself from what's going on. This is a team environment where you need to stick together and actually have a mission for a team that's been an embarrassment for how long. And uh, and pitcher Bobby Barnell sort of backed him up, came in there, took that lunch to write the goddamn trash. Again, not really a big deal, but be- because there were reporters around, it is a big story. And hey, it's the beginning of March. There's nothing to talk about, so... Lunch scandals in Port Port St. Lucie. Oh, the Mets. Meet the Mets. Feed the Mets. That was terrible. All right, so that's about it this week. I will try to put together more podcasts than once a week so we can talk, chat. Remember that Twitter name. It's at BrianBuck13. The website where I haven't really been posting much other than links to the podcast, maybe I'll try to get back in the article game, is www.redticketblues.com. The podcast is available on YouTube. It is on iTunes. It is on TuneIn Radio. If you want to subscribe to any of those, you have that right. You are an American. Okay? So outside of that, go eat your lunch. I'm out of here.